Kieran, today we're doing something special. We're doing something we've always wanted to do. What is it? We're going to be CMO of a brand that you and I love, and I bet you our listeners may never have even heard of. That's right. We're starting a new series, CMO for the day, and today is Pickleball. Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of Marketing Against the Grain, your podcast for how to grow in counterintuitive ways. I'm your co-host, Kip Bodner, joined as always by my co-host, Kieran Flanagan. And we have an exciting show for you today. We're calling it CMO for the day, where Kieran and I pick a company and a brand that we admire, think is interesting, and is in a really interesting place in their kind of evolution. And we talk about all the things we would do if we ran marketing at that organization for the day. And today, it is a major league pickleball. Are you ready to get into this, Kieran? I can't wait. Let's do it. All right, we're about to get into it. But first, a quick word from HubSpot. Before we get to today's show, let me tell you about HubSpot. Finding a service solution that helps you keep your customers happy can feel impossible. Like try to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at the networking event. HubSpot's all new service hub can help. It brings together service and success together on one platform with AI powered help desk and chat bots to handle your frontline support tickets. So you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com slash service to learn more. Okay, Kieran, today we are going to talk about all the things we would do if we were the CMO of Major League Pickleball. Kieran, I want to tell you and everybody listening, what the heck is Major League Pickleball? So pickleball is a sport that started in 1965. Talk about a slow burn. Just now getting popular, it was invented in 1965 in Washington State. And it's a combination of tennis badminton, and ping pong. And you put those things together and basically you play on a smaller outdoor court with basically an oversized ping pong racket and you use a wiffle ball, you know, a plastic ball with holes in it. You follow similar scoring rules to ping pong and tennis. And so that is pickleball. It has gained huge popularity because it is applicable to a really wide age demographic. You can play it when you're young, you can play it when you're middle-aged, you can play it when you're old, and boy, that is taking over. And with the resurgence of pickleball, an interesting thing happened. They started the Major League Pickleball League, the MLP, and they have different teams in different cities and really busted out in the news a couple weeks ago when LeBron James, Draymond Green, and a lot of famous athletes started buying teams in Major League Pickleball. And I thought that that was like a really interesting inflection point. You and I talked a little bit about it and we were like, wow, we got to be CMO for the day of Major League Pickleball and tell them everything we would do because we have like no shortage of ideas. That being said, any good CMO starts with what are the goals and what should we focus on? And so now that I've given everybody a little background on Major League Pickleball, before we get into all the fun strategy and tactics, Kieran, what do you think the core goals should be if you're the CMO of Major League Pickleball? Okay, I have three. Yes, let's go. I have established the brand for Pickleball. And so I have this really cool idea I want to riff with you on and then I can get into the other two. Yes, yes. So I, I was trying to think of this late last night. Right, so why is Pickleball taken off so well? You actually mentioned it. It's because it has such a wide age demographic, like five to 90. And so I had this like cool idea of the brand strapline being something like never lose your competitive spirit. Oh, I like that. And it's kind of like, in some ways, it's the antithesis or the opposite of Red Bull, right? So Red Bull is extreme sports for like very extreme athletes. This is kind of the extreme sport for everyone else who's not an extreme athlete, but still has that competitive spirit. Yeah. And so it's like the Red Bull for everyone else. And I think there's way you can lean in like ordinary people doing incredible things through these kind of sports. 
So I think, how do I establish that for a brand? How do I create some sort of marquee event? So like one of the interesting things, if you go all the way back to tennis, pickleball has about 25% of the users or players that tennis has. One of the big drivers of growth for tennis was actually Wimbledon Mm -hmm. because Wimbledon created a sense of like wonderment. People really love that tournament. And so I think really having a marquee tournament that you can kind of showcase pickleball. And then to me, it's just how do I make it really accessible so I can widen the amount of players playing it and really widen the scope of players playing it. And I have ideas for that. So like establish a brand, like never lose your competitive spirit, have a marquee event. I know there's like a real push to get pickleball at the Olympics. And then how do I actually just make it democratize it even further, make sure that everyone and everywhere can actually play pickleball and just increase the number of users doing that. I love that. I love all of those goals. In doing the CMO for the day, Kieran and I are going to take you behind the scenes for how we talk and work and think through things. And at this point in the conversation, if Kieran and I are talking about anything, I will always come in, Kieran will roll his eyes. I'll be like, let's talk about what the unfair advantages of this situation are. Because, wow, this situation has a bunch of really interesting unfair advantages. One, it has no baggage. It doesn't have an old traditional way of doing things Mm -hmm. like tennis, golf, other similar sports have, right? And wow, that is a big unfair advantage. Another unfair advantage pickleball has is it has really low revenues. So it can actually be really differentiated in how it makes money and how it uses its sport and license its sport to not just make money, but build a great brand in the way that Kieran was talking about. And I think those are two like really amazing unfair advantages that they have in this situation. They're kind of unique to pickleball and really why I wanted to have this conversation because it allows you to do things very, very differently than other kind of historical professional sports teams. The other thing that pickleball is mostly played by doubles, it's mostly a two-on-two game. So it actually, you know, if you think about single player mode, we think about this from the lens of like how to build a business. Like it's always better to have multiplayer mode versus single player mode. They have like multi-multiplayer mode, right? Because they have this more people who can play the game with other people. And so I think there's like some incredible things in terms of how the game is played that will help them grow it much more rapidly. I love that. And, you know, for folks who are reoccurring listeners to Marketing Against the Grain, one of our most popular episodes was our first principles episode. And if you haven't listened to that, go check that out. But I want to start with a first principle for pickleball, Kieran, that I think is going to be really important is if you look at the most successful sports leagues out there, whether that be, you know, Champion League Soccer, NBA, NFL they have maximized the days of the year that that sport is relevant, right? Where it's like, oh, instead of being a four-month season and then it's kind of irrelevant the rest of the year, it's like, oh, well, it's kind of relevant nine out of every 12 months or whatever. I think the first principle for pickleball here is we have to make pickleball relevant 365 days a year. Mm. It has to be relevant to its audience all of the time. Do you agree with me? So it's basically like you need to have some sort of competition that is ongoing for the entirety of the so, year. Yeah, so I'm going to get straight into some of my stuff because yeah. I'm too excited and I can't hold back anymore. So for example, if you want to build a great brand, the first thing you do is you start seeding equipment and instruction in schools so that it can be taught mm, in physical education class. Yes, yeah. Right? Yep, 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 yep. That's the first thing you do because then you plant all the seeds to do what, Kieran? The American Idol of pickleball, where you go into all these towns and discover talented pickleball players. I had this and in your mind. entire offseason is a reality television show of all of your next generation of characters of pickleball players and teams. And that would be sick. Right. So first off, you need to make the whole offseason 
a reality show. Like one of the first people I would hire if I was CMO of Major League Pickleball is a producer from Bravo to come in and like run like the Real Housewives playbook for this sports league and be super, super cultural relevant. That's the first thing I do. Second thing I would do is I change the economic model of pickleball. So what happens right now is if you're a professional sports team, you make the majority of your money by selling rights. And that rights are to live stream and reproduce the games. And what I would do is this is kind of twofold. Because there's no like history of pickleball stadiums, I would make pickleball stadiums like stages. And I'd have them fully produced with all these different cameras and everything and make it feel like the best online first sport as well as a great in-person sport. And one of the things I would do is I'd have a few camera angles that were open and free to anybody to remix, to provide their own commentary on. And I would not over-license my content. I would license the live stream of like the core feeds, but then I would allow a ton of it, including the reproduction, to just go ham on TikTok, yeah. YouTube, and get massive, massive distribution. Yes. So, yeah. And become just like culturally locked in and relevant to everything. Right. People care about characters more than the brand. Yes. And so how do you actually put faces to pickleball? Like, who are the faces of pickleball? I had something like that, which is make sure that you have local tournaments. Everyone who needs to sign up for a local tournament has a local profile. And then you can actually have leaderboards and build content around the leaders. Like, who are these people? Uh, hold on one second before you go to your thing. I have another character's point because okay. you're right. I think one of the things we learned from the Netflix F1 documentary is F1 has increased in popularity because their drivers have become characters. But if you look at a lot of the big enduring sports, and I'm not going to be CMO of pickleball to just build a little flash in the pan league. I'm doing it to build the next great American sport, right? And if you look at that, all those sports had really important early athletes as characters, right. but they also had some non-athletes as characters. They're like the commissioner, the coaches, things like other figures in that sport became iconic and became important characters. So one of the things I would do would be to focus on that. I would need a commissioner or a spokesperson that is really a character, right? And I would want like some of the referees to be characters. I would want to make this like very character focused story. And that character focused story should not solely be about the players. Right. Would you pick a fight? The thing I was thinking of my brand position is to pick a fight, which is... Ooh, who are you picking a fight with? With other sports. With sports who tell us we can only play sports between the ages of 20 and 35, right? Think about a soccer player's career, a tennis player's career. We can only be competitive within this small range of our lives. Like people who have competitive spirits, hey, you can only really be competitive within this small subset of your life. And what I think is pickleball is like never lose your competitive spirit because that competitive spirit is what drives us on. And it's a sport to keep that competitive spirit regardless of the age. And that's what I would like to do is pick a fight with tennis. Well, Even though I love tennis, but I'm picking a fight with tennis. Oh, hold, hold on. I, I, I'm building on your idea right here. Are you ready for this? Because pickleball has low awareness and so few people actually know what pickleball is, I would run a whole campaign of comparison spots. And so like I would have billboards in different cities and it would just be like, Major League Pickleball. And it would be like, like tennis, but actually fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and you would anchor to what it is based on comparisons, right. but you would do so in a way that was funny and deprecating. Fun comparison to sports. I like and that. And to get people to be like, I'm not sure what this pickleball is, but man, if they're clowning on tennis and I kind of know what tennis is and I think tennis is kind of boring. So I, I kind of agree with them. I want to go check this out, you know? And it's like, you can afford to alienate the tennis fans of the world. 
because you're trying to build a new and different fan base. You're not trying to convert a fan base from other sports. You're trying to build a new fan base. Yeah, I think you can get people who love tennis to play the game when tennis becomes a real chore to play. And obviously the barrier to yeah. play tennis is so much higher. The, the thing with tennis, it's really hard. And there's a really great company that are solving this for pickleball, which is called Pickleheads. And so what's hard about tennis? Tennis is one of those weird sports where you have to find someone who's around the same level as you to be able to continue yes. playing. Because if someone's worse than you, it's actually not fun for you. And if you're worse than someone else, it's not really that much fun for them. Whereas pickleball, because it's an easier sport to play, then it's easier to find people that you can actually play with. So Pickleheads is this really cool company that are helping people like it's a community app. Oh, that's cool. Find courts, find people to play with. The other thing I wanted to dive into, and it's actually for your character point. One of the things I thought that I would love to replicate for Pick a Ball is there's this really cool thing that Chess.com does. It's awesome. I love it. It's called... Has Chess.com started sponsoring you yet? Because you've mentioned them on like 12 different episodes at this point. Hit me up, Chess.com. But they have this thing called PogChamps. They've had three to four series of PogChamps and it's had about 500 to 750 million views. So what is PogChamps? They get really famous people like Mr. Beast, all of the most famous streamers, mm -hmm. famous musicians, famous comedians, and they play in a chess championship and they have like two really well-known chess analysts talking about the game and then they have those people live yeah. streaming it on Twitch. Like these people, some of them cannot play chess and it's an incredible way to shine the light on the sport and it makes that sport, whether chess is a game or a sport, it makes it seem like very accessible to everyone. Whereas I think chess's problem mm -hmm. has been, wow, only like really smart people play this. It's for a very small subset of the world. That's a really good example of like, no, it's fun for everyone. Like you do not need to be a master of chess to have fun. And the same thing with pickleball, right? I think that is like, hey, this is fun for everyone. Like you don't need to have a certain skill level to be able to play that and try to get people who are well-known celebrities within some sort of like pickleball competition, I think would be really cool. So here, let's have a good fun d discussion on this. Because what you're trying to get at is you had a point really early on in today's episode of, oh, you need an event. You need a marquee you need event. something that has a lot of cultural relevance and magnitude, right? So I'm going to give you two options for an event. And I want to know which type of option would you choose? Okay. The first is the option that you kind of laid out, which is I would call it like the celebrity pro-am option where you bring a bunch of celebrities in for a couple of days and they play in tournaments and you celebrate the winner, right? That's one. The second, which is I think what I would do, but I'm interested to see if you agree or disagree, is whenever I open the dopest pickleball court in the world, I would do a once-in-a-lifetime charity match between the Williams sisters. <laughs> I would pay them whatever it cost. I would donate to whatever charity they cost to have Venus and Serena Williams play pickleball for 90 minutes and just pack it full of people like pray to God that Serena breaks like 10 of those wiffle <laughs> right, balls because right. she's so powerful, right? <laughs> and people like the internet loses their mind because they start counting how many balls she's breaking and how many points they have to start over and all of those things. And I think the magnitude of that would literally just totally change the game in terms of awareness and interest in a sport like this. Right. I think that's kind of along the same lines, which is like bringing people with audience. I think the more fun thing there is you have two people that are very famous former tennis players play in that. So it really does help to shine a light on it. I like the tagline, something like, have you pickled? I just like the word pickled. I just think it's so like, have you, have you pickled? Look at Kieran turning into a tagline writer on today's episode. Uh, you know, I thought you were being a CMO, not a copywriter, but I'll take it. Hashtag, have you pickled lately? <laughs> so I, I like that. I do think there needs to be a marquee. I was actually looking on YouTube 
and they do have like this event where they stream that on YouTube. It just needs a bit more oomph. Like I looked at it, I was like, ah, oh, this is kind of yeah. like someone's back garden with a couple of people watching. Like it needs to have real magnitude. The way you can do that is like, maybe you have the event and like the opener is this, the Williams sisters playing. And then there's like 24 of the best pickleball yeah. players that are playing that competition. Or maybe that is at the end, but you need something that people want. I think competition does matter. And I still think you want to have something that people do strive towards. That's true. Another way that you could do that is, you know, this is how my brain works. I keep thinking about what you can't do in other sports that you could do here, right? In other sports, whether it be football, basketball, what have you, there's huge crowds. You know, people take a couple hours to fight traffic. They pay a ton of money and everything. What if we did like a pickleball festival Mm. where like you had bands, everything else, a part of it, because you could, because of the nature of its smaller courts, you know, you can have 10 courts with different games going on at one time. You can have stages with bands going on. And that really changes the feel of what it's like to experience this sporting event versus a bunch of the other sporting events that people are used to. We need to craft a very different experience to win is one of the principles I believe in this problem. Yeah, I agree with that. There is a really cool, I don't know, do you hear about the company called Top Golf? Yeah, I love Top Golf. Top Golf is amazing. I've been to a Top Golf. Yeah, so they really rethought golf to be much more of a like eat, drink, play driving range. There's a company called Chicken and Pickle. <laughs> yeah. You can basically go and there's like a whole slew of restaurants. There's entertainment, there's drinks, and then there's pickleball that you can play with your friends. I think that's, that's an incredible way. Yeah. So first of all, in Boston, there's a new place called PKL which is a restaurant and pickleball and bar place where you can come and play pickleball. Ah, Americans get all the best stuff. So if you come over, we can do a live show from PKL oh, and we can do it winded after I kick your ass at pickleball. It'll be dude, sweet. Dude, you want to you see my backhand. It is ridiculous. <laughs> it will annihilate you just my backhand. You sure talk a big game. Let's put it up in an actual match soon. But that's where pickleball leans in. So what would I do? I'd even consider some type of grant program where I did local restaurant grants for anybody oh, who my, did you're stealing a my idea. restaurant. Yeah, baby. You're stealing my ideas. Come on. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry that I'm brilliant and have all the good ideas. Catch my... up. Catch up. Come on. Come on. You say that idea. And, and then I have a different version of that idea. So you can say that idea. And I, have a, I actually have an even better version of that idea. But you tell that idea. All right. Then give me your better version because I thought that was a pretty dope idea. But I had that on my idea, which is I would, <laughs> I would lead into that and I would fund that. So I YouTubed you an example of a company that did something really incredible a couple of years ago, Domino's. So Domino's did this really cool campaign where they realized that a lot of the pizzas that were arriving at their customers were actually all messed up. And what the analysis showed was they were messed up because they were driving over potholes like the drivers. Mm -hmm. And so they did this cool campaign where Domino's would go fix potholes and they would brand the pothole Domino's and cities could actually ask for some of this money to actually fix the potholes within their cities. And it generated them a billion impressions. There was about 150,000 cities that actually asked for those grants. What is there a lot of in the world? Derelict space, derelict Mm -hmm. spaces, spaces that are- Unused space, wasted space. Unused space, wasted space. And a lot of it in places that are areas that do not have a lot of money that, you know, are, you know, low income. Yeah. Why doesn't Pickleball become the place that makes use of these derelict spaces. So me as a city, I can apply for a grant. Pickleball will come in and actually turn some of that derelict space into a really cool pickleball area and give people a place in that area where they can go and enjoy sports. Very much like, you know, basketball has done, right? The basketball is one of those Mm -hmm. sports that you can just go play with your friends. I think that's the way you do it is you actually turn a lot of that derelict space into pickleball areas. One other quick thing I'll just leave with to like one way they could think about this is 
the pivotal moment in tennis's growth, like Wimbledon was one of them, but actually the pivotal moment in tennis's growth, because it came from England, was the all lawn club that used to do like croquet. That, like Darren probably plays it, right? Mm-hmm. You know that weird sport where you're like... <laughs> <laughs> Man, a little producer Darren shade coming out of nowhere. Didn't see that coming. So anyway, no one wanted to play that. So they had all this unused lawn. That's where the all lawn English club came from. Like they all the, that actually runs Wimbledon is they said, okay, mm-hmm. we'll actually partner. We'll actually give you croquet, but we'll also give you this other thing, tennis. And so I wonder if there's like a really cool way that pickleball could partner with another sport that has spaces and space to use and kind of like co-partner with them, whether it's basketball spaces or other spaces. I have a way to make your idea better. Okay, let's build on build, 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 go. You ready? I like your idea. What you're going for is like, how do I give access for more people to play pickleball in key communities? Yes. I think that's great, but it's not good enough. Okay. And this is the wrinkle I would do to make it amazing. I'm trying to pick a city. Let's pick New York City. And let's say we had five different pickleball spaces that we build across New York City. Just making this up, right? I would hire somebody to spend a day a week in each one of those setting up a full like streaming recording setup to basically record all of the crazy skills that people have and the crazy shots that people have. And they would be like a creative and they would just cut them and post them live to YouTube and TikTok and everything. And so there was just be this constant flow of like amateurs, amazing skills, like cool trick shots, all of those things that people practice at those courts. And I would just make sure that every day we were just winning the sports internet. Mm. This is an online first sport. Win the and internet. I would have like a basic camera setup and Wi-Fi setup. I'd have somebody basically there watching it so it's all safe. And then they would just take stuff as it comes in, cut it and post it. Just do it all live from the court. And we would just do that every single day. That would crush. Are you serious? You create user-generated content. So one of the things that is incredible yes. for any brand to have... Create it for p- players, right? Yeah, user-generated content. And so you set up studios, live stream, clip, and have a constant stream of content. I am all about user-generated content and a steady stream of content. Okay, there's one other pickleball thing I want to talk about uh, as CMO for pickleball. It's like, we got to change the incentives. Do you know what the current big purse, like amount of winnings for the big tournament next year is? Yeah. It's like 100,000 US dollars. Yeah. Which is good, but it's not enough to move the game. So one of the things we got to do is we got to get enough sponsorship revenue. Right now, Major League Pickleball is short on sponsors. Mm. So we've talked a lot, Kieran, about how we would market the consumer side. I would love to hear a little bit from you of how you would do the B2B side. How do you get the sponsors and the additional revenue streams on board so we can really scale this sucker up? Well, I think if you want sponsors and board. You need to have a strong brand message. That's what I was trying to figure out. Like, believe in this brand. This is what we believe in, in the world. And it's something that we can align with sponsors. But really, sponsors are going to care about reach. So I think there's three actual ways that we can get sponsors and board. Mm-hmm. There's the idea that I had, which is like really helping communities, right? Turning derelict yeah. spaces into places where communities could come together and play a great sport. I think you can get sponsors who truly believe that's a good thing to happen in the world, which I do, because there's a ton of places in Ireland that there's just nothing for people to do. There's all this derelict space. And I think that actually makes Pickleball part of like how communities come together and gives them something meaningful or something they can do and spend time with. The second one is that there's just an overarching brand message, which is like never lose your competitive spirit and brands. You can get some brands who really believe in that. It ties in with what they believe in. It ties into the audience they're trying to reach. And then the third one is reach. And so they have to believe that you are going to turn this brand into something special that, you know, you have a model to show them you're going to get a ton of, ton of reach and they can get in early and they can lock in prices And so they're going to benefit for some of that growth. They would be my three things that I would try to create sales pitches around. I think those are great examples. The first thing I do is I'd go talk to some of the biggest sponsors of different sports leagues out there. 
And I would figure out what is the things that they wish they could do, but they can't, given those current like historical leagues and the economics and how they work. And I would try to reinvent those things that they really wish they could do in kind of commonplace. And I would build a new tech stack, right? Where, cool, we've got all these teams across the country. We're going to give you real-time data on all the attendees for your marketing purposes. Like we're going to totally transform how you think about sponsoring a league from being this broad-based awareness play, which you pointed out, which people care about, to also being this much more measurable, much higher fidelity way of reaching your core target market. So you're going to know, oh, you want to really lean into our Austin audience because they have the maximum mix of your demographic that you're focused on, right? And I think that would enable a sponsorship sales team to really up-level their ability to sell higher ticketed sponsorship packages and really grow revenue because all the ideas you and I talked about so far on the pod aren't cheap and we need money money to pay for those, right? And we have to do just as good marketing on the sponsorship side of things so that we can pull that in. And I think that's a great lesson for everybody listening out here is, you know, what are your unfair advantages of your situation? How do you build an awareness for an unknown category of things? And you do that by creating moments of magnitude. You do that by seeding your product or service for free or low cost to the next group of people who are going to use it. In our case, we had a reality TV idea. We had putting pickleball equipment and curriculum in schools, things like that, that can really help you transform how you approach and think about all of this. We talked about storytelling. And no matter what your business is, you can build a great story and have a great cast of characters to tell that story. And especially when you're in an unknown market, man, that story and that cast of characters becomes even more important. What else did I miss, Karen? What else would you really want everybody to take away from our fun trip down CMO for a day, Major League Pickleball edition? Yeah, I think lean into other people's audiences. We kind of talked about that from the kind of Williams sisters. We'll talk about that from the pog champs at chess.com do. Knowing what you're trying to solve for, coming back to the very first part of the episode, like as a CMO, what are my core goals? We talked about this way earlier in an episode, which is, As a CMO, you should take charge in terms of telling the CEO what you are going to care and not care about. I think you told a really great story from the CEO of Snowflake, where he's like, this is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. Nothing else but this, right? And we talked about, hey, CMO of Pickleball, we're going to tell you, the board or the founders, we're going to nail the brand, we're going to build the reach, and then we're going to like figure out how to like crack the community and have that marquee event. And so I think knowing what you do and don't do, and then just come up with cool strap lines around Pickle. Just Pickle. (laughs) So like the Nike sign, just pickle, make pickle, not war. It, wor- it just works, right? It just works with everything. Kieran's just trying to find ways to say pickle. I just love the word pickle. I think I'm just trying to figure out other things that I can put it into. Well, and Kieran, I think we have one other really important thing to do, which we need to make it known to Major League Pickleball that we are available to be your marketing advisors. Throw us 20 basis points Come each on. in the league. You need and us. And we can help you transform this brand. So I'm just saying, you've got some marketing advisors here really waiting to help, but we did just give you like a free half hour of advice. <laughs> All right. So that has been CMO for a day. If you have a company that you would like us to be CMO for the day of in the future, leave us a review on Apple Podcast and let us know or hit us up on Twitter at Kit Bodner at Search Brat. And we will be CMO day for that next. So we're going to do a few of these. We start with Major League Pickleball. Hit us up, Major League Pickleball. We're here to help. And we'll talk to you all next time on Marketing Against the Grain.